0: Hannah Stanley and Fred Weintraub host The Hannah and Fred Show on WCGO and WIMS Radio, and they talk about their media experience. We're talking through Zoom right now, and everybody seems like they're in the same area, but Fred, you are obviously somewhere else. I am in, I am
1: in central London right now.
0: And it's nighttime. So are there any, is London pretty noisy right now, or what's
1: going on? Uh, well, London's just coming out of pandemic mode and so since christmas we've been in in we've been in lockdown because the numbers were so so bad and in part you got to measure when you look at the numbers versus the numbers in the united states the uk is a small island so when you have numbers that are soaring that high i think boris johnson who you know is the prime minister had to make a decision do i shut down society slash the government or do I see way more people die and, and, he, and he shut it down. And so the numbers have now gone down drastically. And while Hannah knows there are, there are a lot, even though I love the UK and I love London, there are a lot of things in London uh, that I think are, you know, what I would- just as, <laughs> Yeah, asked backwards. One thing that hasn't been asked backwards is they've gotten the vaccine, at least the first dose in people, pretty quickly and that started to drop the numbers so in answer to your question we're now at a point within the next month where they're gonna literally we, the lockdown has been in phases so they have come out of the first phase which means you can go outside you can eat outside if you choose to eat at a restaurant and i think they're gonna they will in within the month they're gonna they're gonna get to the second phase so mm-hmm. it's all a process and uh, Hannah, have you been there to London?
2: No. And I'm actually, I was trying to um, convince a friend of mine who's been a guest on the show, Johnny Olisinski, who I don't know if you remember him when he worked at the Tribune. Um, but he's getting to go to preview um, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella. And so was he on the show? Yeah, it was because of the Oscars. He was on the show last week, right before the Oscars, um, the train wreck that was the Oscars. And um and i was like so do you have a plus one and he's like no and i'm like can you get a plus one because <laughs> i want to i want to go and see cinderella but also i can see fred and sharon which would be great
1: yeah how long have you been there fred so we've been here on and off for 15 years so a long time and so when you live here on a you know pretty much full time basis you just you know i was as i've watched all the historical things this last month and a half play out and this was the anniversary a couple days ago maybe even been yesterday of uh, the 10th anniversary of William and Kate's wedding I was like boy I remember the TV and radio reports that I did for that wedding and I tell this story all the time but and, and in some ways this is how Hannah and I got together through that's being, exactly it being interested in royal history and royal watchers and uh so ten years ago, Kate and William got married, and every guy said, "I could care less. I'm not interested in this wedding." And it got to be eleven o'clock in the morning, and the bells were tolling at, uh, at Westminster Abbey, and every guy who said, "I'd be in a pub, or I won't be. You know, I'll be outside. I could care less," was nowhere to be found. And when they looked at the at the, at the ratings numbers here in the UK. They seem to indicate the demographics, the demographics seem to indicate that everyone, everyone, everyone and everywhere was was watching it. So I feel fortunate, like I've gotten to see a lot of firsthand royal events, both happy, sad events and to witness history. And when you are when you're here, it's kind of different than when you're either covering or you're watching President Obama or whoever, where you are so far away, even if you have press passes. Here, you're pretty close. So when I say or show people pictures of that I've taken with Harry and Meghan or the Queen, I've literally been six feet away from them. And for me, the first time that I saw the Queen come down the steps of St. Paul's and hear her the royal trumpets, I was like, whoa, when it sends chills up, you don't even have to like the Royals. And I know that there are a lot of people who think this is ridiculous, I don't like them, but it sends chills up your your spine. And literally Hannah's been, had her entire career, all of her career in radio in Chicago and in other parts of the country. We got to a point where she started having me on her show to talk about Royal things and- Which show is that? It was,
2: I think it was a Girls' Night Out on WGN. Um, so I, the, it was officially, I believe, called Girls' Night Out with Hannah Stanley. And that was on, I don't even remember, I think five to seven on... Um, on WGN on Saturday nights. And um, so it was great for me. Fred had to stay up late because it was like 11 or midnight for him when I would have him on. Um, or I would be filling in for Amy Guth or for Patty Vasquez. You know, So sometimes I'd be doing it overnight and Fred would pop on because it was his morning, which was even better. Um, but it was along the lines of when um Will and Kate had gotten back together and then Will and Kate had gotten engaged and I was like we have to talk about this because I am fascinated by it and this is you know before the crown and before um it was post Diana clearly but um but really it wasn't quite so chic to be a royal uh watcher so Fred and I found um found that same hobby in each other and then it was interesting because he would be on my show, and I'd have him booked for one segment, and I would ask him if we could go too. and then we'd finish, and I would tell the producer, "I'm like, man, I wish we could have had him on for like the whole show. He's so great." Um, and I just knew that we conversed really well. There was chemistry there, not only that we were both royal watchers, but we, you know, have a similar um, uh, we we have a similar knowledge base with. Chicago and and uh, some historical stuff that that's happened here and in the country so it was always really fun to have him on and then one day he reached out to me he's like hey I got an idea do you have a few minutes and I was like yeah okay so
1: so that was the first time you met
2: um I think it was the first time we met in person wasn't it when we went to dinner at um, Greek islands?
1: Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it, you know, it was so long ago. It you might have been the time that... <laughs> My that. Siri
2: is answering the question for me. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that we had met in person before.
1: No, we probably... We probably didn't. We probably, you know, we met over the radio, so we got to a point <laughs> where we, you know, I literally called Hannah up and they said, I've got an idea and let's talk about it. So we went to dinner and... You know, Han and I have completely different styles in 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 what we, <laughs> in what we do. And Like, how, how's your style different? So, it, I, I'll.
2: He I'll is on a scale of one to ten. He is a thirty-six on intensity and preparation. And on a scale of one to ten, I'm like a seven and a half. <laughs> so, like, I'm always really prepared, but I'm like. It'll be fine, it's all gonna work out. And Fred is like, We have a show next year. Why isn't it booked? And
1: so Yeah, so Hannah's right. So we have so our stuff, our styles are different because in part, so my background is is way more television than it is radio. And when you're a television producer and well,
2: it's live TV too, which is live.
1: You don't leave anything to to chance. And so We, our our style is yin and yang in that we prepare in different ways. We, you know, I'm impatient. I probably drive Hannah crazy on lots of different, uh, lots of different things. But in the end, we both have the same goal, which is we want to do what we hope is good radio. We're interested Mm -hmm. in lots of different subjects and, we're particular about, you know, we're just not gonna just do anything because anybody can do radio, anyone can do television, anyone can be on the internet because of how the world is right now, but we feel a responsibility to- Not be lazy. Do the best job we can do each week in the, in the Hannah and Fred show. So long story short, we, we had this meeting and said, you know what, we kind of all click the boxes together. You know, we're curious about about lots of different things. We want to be on the radio. We knew that there were, was on air chemistry because we were just you know you as you know, Margaret. You're either either something clicks with somebody on the air or it doesn't click with them on the air. And Hannah and I have gotten to the point where when I can't get a word out of my mouth because it just isn't coming out of my <laughs> mouth, she'll put the she'll put the word in 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 my mouth and. We also have different ways of of asking the questions. I would describe it as Hannah is smooth as silk in how she asks her questions and talks to people. And when I get a question in my head, I'm like, I want to ask this person this. Uh, this.
2: Question. Oh my God, Margaret, it's adorable. He like almost dances. He gets so excited. He'll be like, Oh my God, I have to ask this question. I have to ask this question. And I'm like, you are so funny. I have to shut up because he's just, he's so like, like full on excited, physically excited to like ask this question. And, and I'm just like, so tell me about da-da-da-da. Like, I don't know that I've ever... There have been a few times where I've I've been super excited for guests, for sure, but I don't know that I've ever been so... He's, like, super happy when he gets to ask his, like, this really Im- important question. And it doesn't happen, like, rarely. It happens often enough. I'm like, aren't you used to being awesome yet? You should be, like, you sh- you're good at being good. You should not be super excited. But he is.
1: <laughs> it's very funny. It's kind of, for us... And it it talks about the technology of radio and really the technology of television that we can literally be, which we are every Sunday on two different in two different parts of the world. And we can hear each other. We can see each other. I pretty much can look at a monitor and, you know, Know what Hannah's thinking? She probably knows what I'm thinking too. When I roll my eyes, thinking, "Oh God, <laughs> that. this guest is saying whatever they're wh- whatever they're saying." But through the technology, it's worked out really well. I think we both also like the live radio versus taping. Other- we have, or-
2: we've never, yeah, we haven't ever recorded. We've never done a pre record for this show. I've done, we've done pre records when we've been on different stations for different stuff just because of the availability or, of guests. Right.
1: right. Or when we're taking a week off. But for the most yeah. part, when we're yeah. on, which is a lot, we're live. And so we both know at the end of the day, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And we, you know, and so if it happens for a few seconds and I lose the audio, it's like you know I'll come back and Hannah will say were you swimming in the Thames? Or... <laughs> and like uh, the but... audio
2: got the audio fell into the into the pond. We lost Fred for a moment. Yeah. But then but then we carry. It's okay. Every once in yeah. a while the comer- well Margaret you would know this like you know automation fails and all of a sudden we're back from break a minute and a half early and I'm in the bathroom you know <laughs> and Fred, Fred's like where is she (laughs) um so you know it's one of those things we just we roll with it and we've always got each other's back and and another thing is and people who are listening who've worked in radio or or you know follow radio most of the time well not no i won't say that i will say sometimes you can have really good chemistry and most of the on-air partnerships have great chemistry or wouldn't work but they don't always like each other and what's really really nice and i think is the only reason that it moved forward with our partnership is because we have a friendship um so before we had the partnership i would randomly like get an email from fred like hannah look i'm in switzerland here's the alps and it's like this beautiful wild colored wildflower you know covered mountain um so like we we are considerate of each other and our families and um making you know we're just we're friends and and we had a radio show
0: but did you become yeah
2: did we become we became friends we were friendly but we became friends as we built this
0: no but i mean did you it was the first time you ever interacted with him when he called about the royals is that when you became friends yeah okay yeah
2: we yeah it was Um, my producer was like, we use this guy on other shows. And I was like, perfect. Okay. Has he been on today? No. I'm like, good. Let's do this. So, you know, you never want to step on other shows toes by taking a guest who was on their show three hours earlier. Um, but yeah, we made sure that he hadn't been on for a while and, and, uh, and booked him and it was great immediately. I was like, Oh my God, this is a great person.
0: How long have you been doing your show?
2: Um, we're almost at our 100th show. So I think we're, I guess we're coming up on, it's a year and a half. So it's been, but we were building it. How long were we yeah. building it? For like nine months, probably before yeah. we
1: so I, I found would, a home. So I look at it as we've been building our show since we started doing segments together that mm-hmm. were royal segments. And, Which is 10 and years ago. Of, and, it, and it's morphed into what's the hannah and fred show and i think over the next few years there will be other both individual and together projects that uh that we work on that that, that we work on together so as everything in life in broadcasting is a business so is this so even though hannah and i talk about the fact that we are friends off the air and on the air which we are and (laughs) You know, we also are running. We're running a business, and the the challenge and the excitement is so many things are taint are changing in the digital world. And there's so many people that say radio's going away. And you know, everybody's as you know, everybody's got an opinion on what's gonna what's gonna happen. Well, the truth is, none of us know what's gonna happen, and no. we hope no. that. You know, the talk radio doesn't go away because it's we like talking to listeners, we like having guests on, and so we think that we have a really bright future. And in an industry where a lot of people are going to just individual talents, we have found the ability in part because we're in different places, and part because we're of different generations, we're it just seems to it just seems to work, yeah, so how do you build a show? you
0: mentioned building the show for several months?
2: Oh, well, um yeah, so initially we sat down and had a couple of planning meetings, uh, more than a couple um, as far as you know segments that we would maybe want to do, by the way, none of those still exist, um but it was. You know, things that we would be interested in talking about, guests that would be on our dream list, guests that we would want to have on regularly, or, you know, topics at least that we would want to cover. Um, The pandemic threw a wrench in it, of course. Um, So we now have a doctor on every month who talks about, he's a critical care doctor, um, he's on the show um, at the beginning of the month, so when we're recording this, it'll happen to be tomorrow's show. Um, But... It was always stuff that we were curious about. It was never like, oh, well, I don't even like, okay, well, they're a celebrity. I just, I want to learn things and I want other people to be able to learn things. I want to ask the questions that people are in their car going, why aren't they asking this question? I want to, I want to ask that question. I was always... Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. Sorry. Uh, so I would say to Hannah, I don't know if you, if people do this in radio, but this is how we do it. How it happens in television, and pretty much you do a rundown for yeah, our, for the entire show by by segments, as you know. And I think it's pretty much the same. So we we know, or at least we try to know what we're going to have on a month out, and it, it's really just a piece of a puzzle. Now the puzzle changes because news events happen. We have someone who's coming on tomorrow who is pretty famous uh, with Indian cuisine and a company that she's, that that, that she's created. Yeah. So This morning, I wrote the person a note without even talking to Hannah and said, do you have relatives in India that are still in India? And would you, you know, we, we booked her for one thing to talk about cooking, but I thought, you know what? Everybody knows that there's a human disaster going on in India with with COVID. And how can we cover that without making the without surprising the guest or making the guest uncomfortable? And so the guest to call, you know, sent me a note back saying, yeah, I've got all these relatives in in Delhi and and I would be happy to do that. And i sent a note to hannah saying i think we should make this part of the show and like five minutes later she sent me a note back saying boy we think alike because yeah, great, great off the person this afternoon and you're 100 percent right that we shouldn't in, include this so yeah. it just uh, you know we we book our guests we look at what news is happening up to that yeah. moment and as you know from being in, in news radio, Margaret, things change all the time and they change while they're on the air. So on a right. Sunday when we were on the air, Alex Trebek passed away or the news came out that Alex Trebek passed away. And we could have as complete ru- a rundown as we wanted to And we changed
2: it. it Yeah. I mean, Margaret, you know, you throw it out the window. Um, But it's as far as like creating the show, that was really interesting because we needed to find a home for it. So we wanted to make it, you know, you can go through the mindset like, okay, well, let's make it so it's great for this station. And that's not what we wanted to do. We designed the show that was good for us. And that was good. We felt for listeners. Um, And then we found the home.
0: So Okay, so what? I mean, why did you choose that? It's WCGO?
2: Yeah, WCGO. um, For us, it gave us, at the time, it was a great little sandwich of where we were. The show ahead of us was like an environmental, very earth friendly show. The show after ours that still exists is is, um, theater and entertainment. Yeah, playtime and um, and so for us it was really really nice to kind of be like I don't want to say a palate cleanser, but it was a, it was a good fit for our bookends um, and it was suburban right because they're in Evanston, but it's so it allows us to be close to the city without some of the stress and drama that a bigger station would necessarily bring us. You know, like I don't um, I don't really worry about. I don't know. There's all kinds of things that I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of things that I would worry about, but it's, I don't have to worry about parking. I don't have to worry about all those
1: little things. And and people write us or they ask us when they see us, you know, what's the difference between being on a huge powerhouse like WGN and being on some of the smaller smart talk stations like CGO or WIMS in In Michigan? And our reality is, it doesn't really matter. You know, we've we've both had the experience, Hannah more than me from a radio standpoint, in talking to millions of people at once. Mm-hmm. But in the end, you're talking in the microphone to, to one person. To, to one person, and, yeah. and and it doesn't really matter. So now our strategy, especially with the Smart Talk Network and CGO and WIMS, is cover Chicagoland. We know that we're growing in 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 other areas and try to go to stations where they really care about serving their communities. And we know that the stations and the luxury that we have, because these are medium-sized stations, is that we could choose, you know, do we want to go to a gigantic powerhouse if there's an opportunity? Will we make the same Impact, or are we better off being strategic at smaller stations? Mm -hmm. And will that change at some point? It might. So we're never going to say never to anything. It
2: might, but it won't change, I don't think, how we approach the show because we want to be accessible to the listeners and have them. Somebody, we do a call in with Rick Federighi, who, who, does the morning show on WIMS. So we do a show, a a hit with him every Wednesday morning. Um, And one of his listeners or a few, he tells us every week, he's like, so-and-so texted in, I think her name is Patty, um, that she wanted, you know, you guys to talk about cooking because it's grilling season. I'm like, I'll do you one better. I'll have Dr. or yeah, Dr. Barbecue on. So those are the things that might not be as easy to have happen if we were at a bigger station but we would still want to have that same approach like if a listener wants to hear something let us know we'll we'll work it out it's gonna it's gonna happen because that's that's who we want to be we want to be the people who are providing entertainment that people want to listen to so did you or create... watch if you do it on if you do it on facebook
0: yeah
1: so did you create like a media company between the two of you we did so we created a company called GR Media, which is the umbrella company that the Hannah and Fred show run through and the worldly file that, 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 we that, do, Fred does. that I, that I do, but yeah, because, and, you know, and people create companies for lots of different reasons. You're, the main reason you create a company is it protects you from personal exposure, but, we we knew going into this besides what we wanted to do intellectually that we had to run it as a business and has as, to be a business yeah, yeah. And Hannah and I are also really good at. We know what each of our strengths are. We know what parts of the whole business that we don't like to do. And so one thing that, that I learned early on in television is give people put people in empower people, in the things that they want to do and in the things that they're good at, because then you'll have a successful company and yeah. be open-minded to ideas that other people have. So I don't think there's ever been a time when either I've said to Hannah or Hannah said to me, what do you think about this particular topic that we've said no? I mean, no. we will to each other, I'm not sure that now's the right time to do this from a sensitivity standpoint and you know, those kind of conversations happen, but I I don't think we've ever, you know, don't really have any disagreements because in the end, end we, if it's not fun, we might as well be doing something else in life besides broadcasting. And so. No. And
2: if he's interested in it, then there's probably a good reason why. I mean, he's, he's a smart guy. So if he's like, Hey, what do you think about whatever? I'm like, Tell me more. <laughs> Sometimes I need right. to know why, but but we're always like, if you think it's going to be good radio, let's do it. Let's let's find sure. out. And-,
1: and there have been other times when I've been clueless about a, a subject, and I will say to Hannah, "Okay, give me a sense of how you see this conversation going, so yeah. I know the the direction." So. You know, and and that's part of we learn in the areas where I don't think I'm particularly strong or I don't have a personal interest in something. That's in part what makes it fun is you, you you learn something. And we both go, we hope we leave at the end of every broadcast going, I learned something I didn't know. And I put a chip in a listener's pocket. So on Monday, they can go out and say, you know what, I listened to Hannah and Fred and It was fun. I felt good about it. And I learned something that maybe I can use later on. And we're also not above teasing each other on the air over over things and there will be times when like
2: mustard and, and ketchup on hot dogs oh
1: yeah, so yeah mustard like... only
0: is a way to go mustard See? and onions yeah it's...
2: no well okay i'm down with the onions like i love i want Wait, you put ketchup onions. on hot dogs no let's get back to that in a moment but the <laughs> onion cranks
1: no the let's onion, talk about that right now
2: no 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 we're we just shh sidebar so the onion cranks margaret you know like i know they have them because when i was a little kid they had them at wrigley where you would crank like this and then the the little diced onion would like come out and you put your hot dog yeah that's solid um so ketchup yeah i like ketchup ketchup rules
1: no where are you from she's not being honest i'm
2: from here i'm from here
1: here's here's the i do
2: ketchup and mustard I'm the girl, but I blame it on my daughter in the drive-through.
1: Here's the real story. So we ever once a month we do we go live to a museum that we think no one's heard of, and we've been at some pretty crazy museums, from a funeral museum. Funeral in, museum. You mean yeah. only in the Chicago area or any museum? No, no, around, anywhere around in the country. country.
2: So, so the so funeral museum, week. it's a museum of funeral arts, and it's in um, Houston. Yeah. And then and then last week we had the mustard museum on.
1: So before we so before we had the mustard museum on because Hannah and I were talking maybe an hour before the show I said yeah. don't be surprised if I make fun of you <laughs> no first I think I said I sent her a text like three days before when I knew we were doing this and I said Hannah do you catch up on your on your hot dog because if you I that might lead to a radio divorce
2: and I was I was okay enough being vulnerable and saying yes knowing full well and I have by the way, teased other people for putting ketchup on their hot dogs because that's who we are as as a people as Chicagoans. Right. But then like behind closed doors, I'd be like, hand me the hunts. Like I want to put wow. the ketchup on. And, um, and so I told Fred, like, by the way, I have this dark red secret and here it is. And I put ketchup on my hot dogs, by the way. And on the name drop right here, Mike Greenberg and I have talked about this because he is also a fellow ketchup fan. And he doesn't understand. But when I was doing the food show, Margaret, I used to ask chefs about this all the time. And some were like, oh, my God, you're that's like a horrible thing to even talk about. And other people were like, no, it's totally fine. It's like it's whatever you like to eat. And I was like, I like ketchup. So anyway, Fred then teased me on the air in front of the mustard czar about liking ketchup and I've been banned forever from the state of Wisconsin
1: no I didn't tease you about liking ketchup <laughs> I didn't tease you about putting ketchup on a hot dog oh
2: my god we have to tell Barry that I just named him the mustard star. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wait I have a question so you um earlier you talked about you each have strengths what are your strengths
1: Jenna, you go Fred for it.
2: is oh Fred is I'll do Fred Fred is it's so ridiculously prepared it's a strength and a weakness because he gets so stressed that I think he doesn't sleep well. Um, because he wants to have his questions prepped, have the shows booked, have all, every little possible element needs to be done, backed up, finished, on and on. Um, he's also incredibly kind and compassionate, which is in a, which is a great strength. Um, in that he, I've never had a conversation with him without him saying, is there anything I can do for you? How can I help? Um, it's just, he's, you know, when he got his Silver Circle Award, which he has not yet to mention on this thing, because that's, he's humble, also a strength. Um, but he, every single person that was interviewed for his video said, he'll do anything for you. He, he comes across this, this like, prickly pear but then he's like super gooey on the inside and um just as you know like fred i'm in a situation he's like not for long i'll save the day um
1: i think you described super gooey as a twinkie (laughs)
2: that's what you just No, twinkies are not bad and actually twinkies have gone down
0: in quality i've noticed during the pandemic i'm not going to get twinkies again
2: so is portillo's but that's okay we're not going to talk about that right now either where they they shame me for ketchup so um but yeah no twinkies twinkies are not what they used to be no but But no you are you're like but fred why are
1: you like that well because i'm a producer and so i believe in being is overly prepared and the way i can relax and feel comfortable is If we're booked, you know, if I feel like we've gotten stuff done in a reasonable period of time. And just like in life, it's all in a person's head. I need a certain amount of time for me to feel comfortable knowing that stuff is going to happen at the last minute. But I've learned from Hannah that she works a lot better with like her list, and and she gets her stuff, th- and she gets her stuff done. Does she get it done as fast as I would want to get it done? No, but she doesn't have to get it. Do I, I get, get
2: it done, done without Fred's reminders? Not always.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> my, friend, my friend. What have you produced, or what are you producing? So I produce uh, sports for Weigel Broadcasting in Chicago, and that's been everything from Bears pre and post game shows to high school football and basketball. So when you're producing each week, when you're not a pandemic, live sports, you have to, you know, you better be prepared and you better be prepared for anything that could happen. That being said, as prepared as I want to be and can be when you're doing a live production, stuff changes, stuff happens at.
2: Well, Fred, you you sat in the truck once during like a three and a half hour lightning delay and then we're oh, trying yeah. to figure out if you're going to do it the next day. And I was texting him like, I don't think you're going to get this game in. I'm watching Radar. You are in trouble. But he, had, but he had filler already produced for those three and a half hours, whereas people couldn't be on the field because of lightning. And um, so that's those are the examples where he's like, see, Hannah, this is
1: why we prepare.
2: And I'm like, no, I know. I know. It'll all be and so, fine.
1: And so I would say among Hannah's many strengths, she has this knowledge in her head of topics that I'm like, where did you, you know, she pulls it out on the air as if she has a, a file cabinet that somebody says something, a caller says something, or we're in a topic, and she yeah. pulls out this information, which I tease her at as, as where did you get this useless information? <laughs> but she knows it from a pop culture standpoint to a historical standpoint. And I really do marvel at times and say, holy crap, how did she, <laughs> how did she know that? Or how did she, she remember that? So her style definitely works to. I have a vast our, knowledge of ridiculous advantage.
2: information. Yes. No, it,
1: it, it works to our advantage and, you know, and Hannah's been doing radio so long that she's really just, she's good at it. And a lot better in the on-air technique than I would think that, uh, that I am. And so, yes, so far. Those are, you know, among her many strengths, those are two of them. And she, she also, it kind of cracks me up. She'll know when I don't really know what a guest is talking about from a generational standpoint. <laughs> because there's some things that I don't, you know, I don't know. It either like went over my head or I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're talking to this Gen Xer and I have no clue what they're really talking about. And I'm learning what they're talking about. But, you know, Hannah will say on there, you realize Fred doesn't know what you've just said. And this then we'll have conversations. no idea.
0: You're listening to the Radio Girl Podcast with Margaret Larkin. And thanks to Jeff Davis, who's at jeffdavis.com. And in case you haven't already heard, my debut novel about Chicago called Wicker Park Wishes will be published by Eckhart's Press. And I'll post more details when it's out. But but that, uh, another part, though, she said you're very compassionate. I don't know if she's I forgot if she used that exact word. But why are you like that? Because that's not typical of the media people I've met.
1: Um,
2: but we to- no, you're absolutely right. I want to tack on with that, and that's why that's part of the reason why we chose to work together is because we we treat people the same way. Or and so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Compassion and and kind hearted and thoughtful and loyal. It's hard to find. It's super hard to find. So now, now, Fred, back
1: to you. Um, I mean, I guess the answer to, to the question is. Any success that I've had over a long broadcast career is because I've had the ability to surround myself with really good people. I've always known that it's not, projects that work well aren't because the boss says, do this, do this, do this. It's because people feel like they're a part of the whole and they know if I have their back that they'll have mine. And that just happens to be my experience And as you get to the stage of my career, which is a different stage than Hannah's career, I'm only gonna work with people that treat other people well. And there's so many bad things that are happening in the world. And there are things in broadcasting, which we're finding more and more, which I'm glad of that, have been totally unacceptable forever and Mm -hmm. are totally unacceptable today and are not tolerated today. And I feel as I look back, I've never, some of these things that you that you see, you hear about stories that come out, I'm like, I never had to worry about those kind of things because I always treated people appropriately the way I wanted to be treated. And I do believe that in the end, if you have other people's backs, you're part of a team. And no matter what kind of general any of us has been fortunate to be uh, from a broadcast standpoint, if you look back and you're the general and nobody's behind you in your army because you've mistreated them, then you're dead. And that doesn't create good broadcast projects, so.
0: Yeah, but there are a lot of people who are not like that and they've gotten very far.
1: Yeah, but in the end, I don't, they, they can get as far as they, they want to. I still think in the end, I can live with myself because of the type of manager that I've been and the people that that I've been fortunate enough to work with. And, yeah. And, and I will, there
2: was a certain situation Margaret and I were both a part of, and and I, I think Margaret you told me something that had happened, and I've never thought the same about those people. Um, like, that, well,
0: I mean, we'll, we'll not go into details, but there are various things that happened.
2: Well, yeah, so um, but but when I would find out about others treating people poorly or unlike I would have wished for them to, like that was it. They were dead to me. I just I, you know, I can work with them and I can be pleasant. But I was always very protective of people who, like yourself, or you know, there were there were, there was always like that small group where you're like, we are our own little club of nice people <laughs> and we we're, we're, we're kind to others we say hi to each other um and so yeah it's it's nice to be with fred um going forward in these projects because i know that i don't i don't have to worry that i'm going to have to like apologize for him or be worried about how he's going to treat someone. Like if he says, hey, do you want me to make that call? I'm like, yes, please, please make that call. I don't want to, I know I don't have to be like, no, I'll do it. Cause I need to handle it the way I need it to be handled. Fred and I are going to get the exact same thing.
0: So well, now back to your business, um, because you said all these projects, do you have some kind of plan when you created your business? Do you have some kind of long-term plan or something?
2: Oh yeah, totally. We do. It's secret. I, I,
0: i'm scared this is really serious uh, you know,
2: world global domination
1: i mean our long-term plan is we want to grow the show so that it's in as many markets as we can get it in from that show we are involved in print projects I think there will be a book on the children's book on the horizon at some point. So I think we look at it as just do good work, expose yourself, expose us to the right situations and we see windows of opportunity. And when those windows of opportunity come up that sometimes we are like, I'm feeling a window is about to open up now or let's wait and let this settle. We know there will be windows of opportunity, and we also know that the business is changing, so there are going to be things that we are going to have to change, and, and, and we'll do that. So we're not being coy and saying, yeah, we've got things coming up, but we would be less than truthful if we said we knew what all of them were, because we don't, because we no. don't.
0: I feel very excited just talking to you. I just want to get out there and get going, you know? Let's and
2: do it. Come on, Margaret. <laughs> oh my God, I sounded like Queen Elizabeth. Okay, sorry. <laughs> or Princess Elizabeth when she said, come on. Or what is it? Let's go, Margaret. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, yeah. Well, I was going to say one thing I noticed about you um, was listening to the audio and uh, talking to you before we started recording is, or sorry, before we started the official start is, um, I, I can tell you really like people and you're not, it's not just a put on because sometimes I meet people and they're not like how they are on the air and it's really disconcerting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like once I met TV people and I thought, Oh, this is going to be really cool. Or I've met some radio people I've listened to for years and I really can't listen to them or watch them again because they weren't like that. I thought, Oh my gosh, this it, is their career and they're just using people or something. It's a persona,
2: total yeah. persona. And we're, that's not who we are. We are, yeah. who we are on the air and in real life. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not like we get recognized at the grocery store. That's not, that's not happening, but. No, I I get get recognized
1: at the grocery store all the time because someone said, Hey, you're the guy who took the tomato that I wanted.
2: Yeah. That's you like the good pineapples. Um, but no, I, like if we were to right or, um, when we do appearances, um, you're absolutely going to hear us goofing around with each other and, and be, but we're the same person, same people that we are off here that we are on. I don't, I don't get home and have to like turn off that character.
0: Yeah. So what do you think of that? Do you think, I mean, Fred, you worked in TV for a while. Why do people do that? Mm-hmm. Or, or did you find, have you found that people do do that?
1: Yeah. They, um, they
2: totally do that.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I think some of it has to do with, some on-air people are just not secure in their own in their own skin, and so mm. they feel like they have to put on whatever you know, whatever image they they have to put on. Some of that, I think, comes with maturity and seasoning and and all of that, and you get to a point where you, you don't have to put that on and. It's also when you're in your twenties and thirties, you are, you're willing to do a lot more. You're willing to do different things to advance your career, and I don't mean things that are unethical. I just mean that, that you know you're willing to kill for, for what you had to do. I I don't even know if Hannah knows this. So a million years ago, I started. I was an intern at BBM in mm-hmm. the editorial department with a woman named Susan Nixon, who is the the, the editorial director, and I still remember the feeling of, of walking through BBM at McClurg Court and being so excited that I was shaking, like, oh my God, if I could get to WBBM, it will be the, you know, and I was 22 years old or, or maybe even younger and so excited about it that this was the pinnacle of what my broadcast career was was going to be, and I often Think to myself: Are kids, people starting out in the business, are they as excited about it as as I were? I'm not sure they. Were. I'm not sure that they are.
2: I don't. I don't know. I mean, when when you were growing up, it was probably the same as when I was, and and I think Margaret, you and I are are probably close to the same age. Um, there were big stations, you know, and my grandfather used to work for WGN, and at the time, it was. You know, those were what the fifty thousand watt clear channel stations, and there were a few of them in the country. And um, and and growing up, you would you only had whatever, however many push buttons your parents had on the car stereo, Um, not like we have now. And and the same with television. You know, you had your. Three big networks. And then if you felt like getting up and you know fiddling with the antenna, you could get to the UHF station. Um, so it was it was a bigger impact. And those jobs were, while it does, it still seems like it's hard to get a radio job and it's not easy, but it did feel fewer and farther between and like you would accomplish something so major. Um, and when I went the first time I was on the air at WGN. Similarly to WLS, the first time I was on the there, I was like, "Oh my god, I don't! How did I get here?" It was like that Talking Heads song, like
0: <laughs> watching ever, the
2: days go by.
0: <laughs> but um, Hannah, wait, can you just tell me your career because you're ta- mentioning all these places?
2: Oh, okay. So I've worked behind the scenes at multiple radio stations. I can't even like list them, um, but I've been in FM and, and AM. Um, I was I've been with I was at the ABC radio, which then went away. Um, and then it, when it divested, right? So that was um, uh, Radio Disney, uh, ESPN, and WLS AM and FM. So I was with all four of that cluster. Um, and when they divested and, and um, diminished or got rid of ABC radio as an entity, um, they Disney proper capped ESPN and Radio Disney. And I think you can hear my dogs in the background um, as, as radio properties. And then the other two were sold off. Um, but I've been on the air at LSAM, LSFM. Um, and then while I was still working at ESPN, um, I had a food show that was um, on WGN uh, AM, of course. And um, then it turned into uh, girls night out with Hannah Stanley that it didn't turn into, but then I also that was my next step at WGN was that show, um, the food show became a food segment, um, and then and then I became a fill-in host, um, like general talk at WGN, um, and then that just sort of diminished, and and then Hannah and Fred.
0: That was exciting. Cool. And then Fred, and, and Fred, how do you still work in Chicago if you're living in like five different countries at that's your flacial villas? Question.
1: Well, so that's the big <laughs> that is the so awesome. answer is because I would like to see my wife every once in a while. So She's a delight. My wife yeah. has, uh, she works for uh, an oil corporation and has been transferred from parts of the world to other parts of the world. And I've just been lucky enough that the broadcast places that I've been associated with have pretty much said, figure out what you can do from London and we'll figure out how to make it work. And so...
0: Okay, how's that? Because usually people say bye. There are like 50 people in line.
1: So I've been fortunate enough that loyalty has worked both ways. And, you know, I started out in... In my television career at 30, I was probably one of the youngest general managers of a television station in Chicago because I was the general manager of Home Shopping Network. And which I'm interrupting, but I don't think I don't know that I
2: told you this, but I've auditioned. I auditioned and got a callback for Home Shopping Network to be an on-air host. Why you didn't? Why didn't you hire me, Fred?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know because obviously I made a mistake.
2: Margaret um, said I'd be good on television.
0: <laughs> no, you really. Even if you don't have a television, you should have a, a live stream or something. I think you
1: totally ace it.
2: Thank you. We we do stream the show on um, on Facebook. It's on Facebook Live every week. So,
1: so the so the answer to your question is so at some point in my in my TV career in Chicago. My wife had a, had an opportunity overseas and I said, is this like a 99% opportunity or <laughs> is it a 5% opportunity? Because as with anything, you don't want to show all your cards until you know what you're going to do. I also, as Hannah is, you know, we're big believers that in our personal lives that, if the other person has a window of opportunity, it's about being, being it's not being an individual. And I was secure enough in myself, what I've accomplished and just what I think is important in life to say, okay, you've got a great opportunity here. I'll figure out how to make it work for me. And as long as I've had the ability to get on an airplane and, and there have been sacrifices. I mean, up until pandemic year this year, I would probably be on the road 150 to 160 days out of the year. Some people would say you're crazy. I would not live that kind of life. And I would say it's worked out really well for us. We've experienced parts of the world that you wouldn't normally get to do in 25 or 30 countries that we've, we've been at. And so it works out and in the end, I, as Hannah does, we know what's important in life. And the most important thing in life is that you support the people that you care about. And it's always, we both believe that. And I certainly believe that both in my personal life and my professional life. And it seems to have worked out okay.
0: Well, it sounds like you, everybody's living the dream here because you you have a show together, you have a business, you have media dreams. Mm-hmm. and you want to dominate everything and then you get to travel Fred and then Hannah you've got a place to go anytime <laughs> whether it's London <laughs> or Singapore yes. or whatever
2: I know it's um it's very funny because Singapore I was like partially bummed when they moved except for it was like an 18-hour flight and I was like I didn't really want to do that but I really wanted to see Singapore um but uh yeah it's wonderful Fred Fred's the one he's living the dream for sure because he's he's um in these amazing countries, as frequently as he's able to. Lately, it's not been frequently, but um, but yeah, it's it's very nice. It's a very You're good bo- situation.
0: But at the beginning, you both talked about some things that are backwards in London or England. And what are you talking about?
1: Um, so one of the things that's definitely I want to be yeah I want to be careful because I want to be let in. So. <laughs> well, I, oh, I can give you a great example. So right now, when you come back into the UK and you're going through Heathrow, because of how they have the system set up, because they're going through all the paperwork related to the pandemic, there are reports that it's taking between three and six hours to get through customs. Now, any normal person would be thinking to themselves, even if you just break it down from a business standpoint, get 100 people in the booths to get these people moved through because, Something is wrong when you're waiting. No one's waiting six hours at oh here to get through customs unless the airport oh. has, has had to have been shut down or unless there's a news event that shut down the the yeah. entire the entire airport. So I thought to myself, typical typical of the UK, and they better get it. They better get it worked out. Then a funny story, which isn't really funny, but it was humorous to me. So in London, we, we don't have cars. We don't, we don't have any cars here. So we take a taxi or a tube everywhere we go. So I would see these signs in the tubes where things would be paused and there would be a sign that would be up, somebody underneath the train. And they were saying, <laughs> somebody is jumped. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, I'm reading this sign here. And I'm, I'm not making fun of it. But I'm thinking in the back of my mind, oh, that was a bad day at the office. And they're literally, in their own proper English style, they're writing a note on the board saying, somebody underneath the train so that you don't get uh, inconvenienced and you know why the, the, the trains are on pause or, or things are running late. So I, I think some of that is is uh, is goofiness. I also am not sure, like socializing in the UK versus America is a lot different. Like in America, you go to people's, if there's not a pandemic going on, you go to people's houses, you go to a, a barbecue. Here, you all meet at the pub and- you the know, lo- Don't they call it the local or something? Your local? Yeah, or- like your local pub. And I swear to God, People here, when they first opened the first part of lockdown last month, when they eased it a little bit, there were people who I saw on the BBC were standing in front of the pub at 12.01 a.m. because they wanted to be able to sit outside and have a pint. And I was thinking, are you, whacked? Are you guys out of your mind? There?
2: I don't know. That seems like something people would do here. I mean, like, oh, it's a house party or it's a... Um, You know, they were well in the suburbs specifically because they really weren't able to enforce some of the lockdown stuff. So there would be restaurants serving people inside and, you know, other people were getting very frustrated um, about like, why is this bar, this restaurant still allowed to serve people and they're like, well, Police aren't gonna enforce it. Health department's too busy. Bring it on. Um so I don't know. I think I think in one way London and, and England have, have been a little bit ahead of some things. Like Chicago, I think is more on pace with with where London was, but out here in the burbs it was very different. I was yeah, like, somebody oh said it was a wild God.
0: west in the burbs. Yeah I don't Total. I haven't been to the burbs. Yeah.
2: It was come I mean I was not in any restaurants because I valued my own health and I believed science. But um but yeah it was very strange. You'd see I was like, that—that's those people aren't just picking up a meal; they're like full-on eating. What are they doing? That's crazy. Yeah, because they—they they realized nobody was really going to enforce the ruling. It wasn't the law, so the police weren't going to enforce it, and the health department had other things going. So, yeah.
0: Well, then, also another thing is you—you um, you talked about um, regular guests, and other than the pandemic, okay. So we know why you want medical guests, but sure. Do you have any advice for people who want to be a regular guest?
2: Be entertaining. You can have all of the regular knowledge. Like, you can be the best in your field, but if you're a droll, that's not... Like, you have to have good chemistry with your people. And to be quite honest, you could go on one show and not be great. And you can go on another show and be amazing because you have better chemistry with those people. So... Um, keep at it. Listen to yourself. Like you know, come up with questions, answer the questions. It's so easy to record yourself. You know, set up a, hang your camera on the edge of your laptop or record yourself on your laptop and practice. Um, but yeah, just keep at it too, because there's, you know, sometimes people email, email us like, hey, this would be a great guest idea, and we're like, that would be a great guest idea. We didn't we didn't think about that. So yeah, let's do that. So if you have a topic that you think isn't being covered and you're an expert or um, then, you know, reach out to people that you want to contribute to or their producers, the producers, you know, Margaret, producers, that's the gateway.
0: Yeah. I mean, or sometimes people, sometimes people get on through the host, but the producers Mm -hmm. help, but then sometimes it's hard for people to find out what their contact information is.
2: Yeah, it's a lot easier now, especially because of social media, because the show will post something and tag their producer and tag. So, you know, it's just, it's a lot different than it used to be where you'd have to call the radio station and ask if you could get the email address. And um, it's it's out there. The information is out there if you look for it.
0: And I know you touched upon this, but see, Fred, you, keep, you kept, you have worked in TV for so long, and then Hannah, you've worked in radio for so long. But Fred, mm-hmm. what, what appealed to you about radio?
1: if you'd been in TV so long? Well, I like the fact that it really boils down to, at least my perception is, that radio boils, unless you're working in a newsroom like BBM, radio boils down to a couple of people. And where television is is clearly a team effort, and anyone on the team can screw something up and screw up the entire broadcast. And so you really are depending on lots of different, People Where in radio, I feel like, especially in our kind of show, it's really Hannah, myself, and our producer. And so I felt like this is really interesting and feels really good because we have more control over our creative destiny. Because it doesn't have to be so scripted. And I was listening to... Mark Gian Greco who is on Cochran's podcast podcast yeah the other day and he said something which was a hundred percent true and reminded me of the difference he said look in in television I had two and a half three minutes to get out everything I wanted and that's not a lot of time and when you're when you're on radio and you have you know close to two hours you really have an opportunity to talk about a lot of different things and bring on a lot of different guests. And so I I, I always thought that was, that was interesting. And mm-hmm. I like the fact that Hannah and I really are in the driver's seat. And sometimes we don't know what's gonna happen and sometimes technology makes it so we don't know what's gonna happen, but we figure it out together. We figure it out with our producer and, we do it with a smile on our face and good television people and good radio people. If the home audience doesn't know when everything is going to hell in a handbasket, then you're doing uh, your job. So that's been the, among the interesting and fun parts for me with radio. And then do you both have advice for people who want to
0: get into media since you both worked in it so long? Um, I don't. No,
2: um, it's um, no, I really, I really love it. But I think that you need, um, I went in it because I wanted to learn. I knew that it gave me an opportunity to be in situations where I could help other people learn things and be exposed to things. Um, so I think you need to go into it for, I would hope the right reasons. I mean, it's not, Um, I always joke, radio is glamorous, you know, when the equipment's failing or, um, uh, you know, the transmitter was struck by lightning or any of the numerous things that have happened throughout the years. I'm like, radio, radio is glamorous. But I think that if you get into it because communicating a story, being a storyteller is what's important to you, then that's the right reasoning, you know, you can, if you want to make money, get into sales for sure. That's the way to go. Um, but if you want to be on air and be a broadcaster, be somebody who wants to communicate and, and communicate effectively and, and be a good, even if it's truthful, I don't want to say like, be a good storyteller. Like it's all fictional. Um, but, you know, being able to tell a great story, um, compelling that's a gift. It's a talent. And it's one that can be nurtured. You know, you don't necessarily, you're not
1: born that way, but um, that wanting to do it well is important. And, and my answer is kind of totally different because my answer to that question is find the thing in life that you that you want to do more than anything else because you don't want to live a life in my opinion where you get to the end of your either personal or your professional road and i've heard this from so many people over all these years that they wanted to be in broadcasting but they didn't want to take the risk and they never really got to do what they wanted to do in life and they live for the weekends because They didn't get to do the job that they wanted to do during the week. And whether you're going into broadcasting or you're going into anything else, do the thing that you want to do because you're doing it 12 to 14 hours a day. And you don't want to not – you want to enjoy life. And if you're enjoying what you're doing – it comes across on the air it comes across behind the scenes and it makes you a happier person and it contributes to how you deal with people in your in, in your in your life as a whole because people can tell when you're miserable or when you're happy and when you're doing things for the right reason or you're just walking through the through the motions so Pick the thing in life and i tell this to my 31 year old son all the time who totally went down a different path than, than i would ever go down and in that he's a security engineer getting his phd and all i told him is and i know hannah tells her kids and they're much they're they're, they're much younger Do the thing in life that you're going to impact other people, that you're going to make, uh, you know, that you're going to help other people. You're going to make a positive impression and do something that's going to make you happy. And if you do a combination of those things, you'll have a fulfilling life.
0: Let me know what you think. Email me at margaret at radiogirl.us. You can also call or text me at 716-202-TALK. That's 8255. And like the Radio Girl Facebook page, you can find out about who's coming up next, see pictures, listen to audio, and more.